I am Walter Peck, sir, and I'm prepared to make a full report. These men are consummate snowball artists. They use sense and nerve gases to induce hallucinations. People think they're seeing ghosts. And they call these bozos who conveniently show up to deal with the problem with the fake electronic light show. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. They caused an explosion. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Sweet Sweet Podcast. I am the host, Kieran, of Citizen Frame, the spoiler-filled, harsh language podcast that I'm going to fuck this up again. I always do, so let's just move on. Everybody, (laughs) (laughs) joining me are my co-hosts, Nula. Hey, hey. There you go. And Colin. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Today, we are talking a probably one of the most beloved films of all time. I almost gave it away there because I thought you forgot what we were uh, talking about. It was like I got to help the guy out, you know. No, that's actually that's just a, <laughs> that's just a, a reflex. I understand that because I usually do forget what we're doing. Yeah. So don't, don't worry about that. We're talking. Yeah, and he is. Just say he is aging ever closer to being a ghost himself. Wow. Just mm-hmm. going straight in there, Karen. No, no holes barred this time. Wow. Just, you're old. Wow. You know what though? I, you know what if I do? I'm gonna come back and fucking haunt your ass. You're gonna be like, "Oh, I'm so scared to go back." The ghost of Kira's gonna well, come get me. Do you know who we're gonna call then? Yeah. Do you know who we're gonna call? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is the worst segue ever. <laughs> we're gonna call the fucking Ghostbusters, bitches. <laughs> uh, uh, the R-rated version. Um, that's quite a step. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yes, we're talking the 1984 smash, smash hit Ghostbusters. I saw this in the theater. I saw it I probably about 10 times in the theater when I was a kid. I saw it uh, on double features. I remember seeing Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dune and Ghostbusters um, back to back. Nice. Was like, That's a solid lineup. Yeah. yeah. Batman was out around the same time too, so you could have been watching it in between Boom those and again. Ghostbusters too. What? Batman? Oh, yeah, it was. Ghostbusters 2, you're absolutely right. Thank you. Yeah, I was supposed to say Batman and Ghostbusters mm. 2 makes sense. This is Ghost- Yeah. This it is was 80- Batman from the past. There you, there you go, Quantum Leap. Past man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I had, you know, I had all the gear, you know, the uh, the busting uh, uh, T-shirts and the uh, pins, the ghost busting, whatever they, whatever they had, I owned mm. it. Uh, fucking love the song. I still love the song. Oh yeah, it is catchy as hell. We kind of jumped this one. We just threw this one in uh, before we get to, as you know, we got a big retrospective coming up uh, for Halloween. Um, But we decided to put Ghostbusters in because we forgot without all these delays and pushbacks and push forwards with all these films, we forgot that the new Ghostbusters Afterlife is coming out in November. So what better way to lead up to that by doing the first two? And no, we're not talking the re- all-woman reboot because that is one of the worst fucking movies ever made. I still haven't watched it yet. Don't. No, me either. It I've is, refused to. It is it, shameful. It didn't need to happen. It just it didn't need to happen. Well, what a coincidence. We'll talk about that when we get to part two. 
<laughs> All right. Um, let's just kind of jump into it a bit. I kind of uh, did some research on this one. And uh, obviously there's a show right now that talks about uh, movies that made us. I should get fucking, we should get royalties for me make, making that comment. And mm-hmm. to kind of talk about how the film got made. Um, the original cast um, was originally Belushi, which I thought was kind of pretty good casting. Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, um, the Eddie Murphy one. I'm like, I can see because of Trading Places. Mm-hmm. Um, did they do another one? They had 48 hours in Trading Places. Well, yeah, they and they worked on SNL together. It was yes, pretty much right. going to be SNL uh, group. Uh, obviously, and John Candy, I think. Yes, John Candy was. Uh, yeah, for Lewis Tully. I can see that. Yeah. Um, but that was just We'd a little... a very different energy. Which one? Hmm? Uh, if you had John Candy as uh, the Lewis Tully character, that would have brought in such a different energy. It was, uh, I think he was originally kind of scoped out for that. Um, but he, he, actually I think at one point he did, uh, he did show up for some recording, but then just dropped out because he wasn't feeling it and did yeah. something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was like the the storyboards and everything are drawn with him as Lewis Tully. Yeah, because he he for a big guy, he's got a lot of energy. Um, yeah. So I think he would have been a pretty good choice. But to piggyback on that, I'm going to say right now that uh, Lewis Tully, played by the wonderful, wonderful Rick Moranis, uh. steals this movie. He is the most lovable character in a film. Yeah. I th- I think in almost of all time. <laughs> I mean, it's such a lovable character. Um, the funny thing is, the nerd craze was happening in around this time. You had a handful of movies, uh, Real Genius with Val Kilmer. You had My Science Project come out. You had um, the big one, Revenge of the Nerds, coming out. Yep. And then you had, and so uh, I guess these guys kind of took advantage of that. And man, does it work, because Lewis Tully is a great character. I actually don't like him as much in Ghostbusters as I do in Ghostbusters 2. That's funny you say that. We'll be talking about that one, too. Um, (sighs) But the reason he's... Oh, we can't really talk about it. Can we talk about Ghostbusters 2? No, we got to wait. Well, there's no no harm. That's... An amuse bush. Get people interested for the for the next one. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll, yeah. We'll, Clear we'll, off. We'll, we'll cut the conversation. Let's make it an all in one. Um. Well, the funny thing you say that because the only thing good, the only thing good in Ghostbusters two, is Lewis Tully, and Janine, the whole babysitting scene, and when he becomes a Ghostbuster, that is funny stuff. Um, you, the only you can't say that's the only thing. No, it is. No way. We'll get. Uh, we'll, we'll dig deeper. But it, here's it. We're gonna come back to Ghostbusters too. Don't worry. Don't worry. And most of the rest of us are just like, no, don't stop. Stop it. Ghostbusters two is all right. Mm. <laughs> but we have in this one, he's obviously a bigger character. Personally, I think he's just a bigger character. Um, I just think he's so lovable. Do you know what I mean? Just he the is. way his whole mannerisms. He's like he's like whiny. Okay, whatever. And he was always locking himself out of his door, out of his apartment. Yeah, okay. You kind of. He's just a, a real sweetie. There's no harm in him. Complete oversharer, and he talks far too much. 
but he's a real lovable guy. And plus, it's Rick Moranis. You know, if anybody's going to make you love a character, it'll be him. That's true. But what I will say is, I actually enjoy his character more as the keymaster. <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh, what what so <laughs> well, he's kind of the same person, but as he's just like, uh, no, he's, he's still the same person, though, isn't he? I mean, he, no, he's completely different. He's actually acting as the keymaster. It's not Lewis with an entity in him. Mm-hmm. He's like it's handing him. En- yeah, <laughs> handing the entity things. has taken the body. Like he's just rubbing the pizza on his face. He's asking, you know, should oh, I have coffee? And I like, was yes, thinking, have some. okay, yes, yeah. You're talking about when he's completely lost the plot. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking, you know, mm-hmm. when he goes up to uh, uh, Dana and goes, "Are you the gatekeeper? Are you the keymaster?" Oh yeah. I just thought it was just, just. Oh no! I mean that scene was woeful, but oh, no, the rest funny. of that. That's funny. That's funny. funny. You got beautiful Sigourney Weaver spread legal in this red dress. Here comes like, Doofus. <laughs> half the size of her. She's like an Amazonian. And he's so short and she just pulls him and flips him over and kisses him. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. Although we've just skipped the rest of Ghostbusters to go straight into Rick Moranis and Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> it's just uh, a Rick Moranis review. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's skip that. Okay. Well, we were talking about uh, the character, so I, I, we, we sidetracked a bit, but that's all right. Well, let's talk about the famous opening scene, the librarian scene. Um, yes. It uh, it's weird because the film almost tried to play off to scare you in the beginning, which it kind of does if you haven't seen it before. Um, of the outcome of the scene, but obviously it turns out to be a completely different film. Yeah, it almost I almost feel because they were rushing. They uh, obviously you know the backstory. They they very quick. They had, they had to they had to make this film in in a matter of months. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was record time. Like. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of it, a lot of it was being written as it was being recorded too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which kind of gives it that feel. But I, I actually really like the the scene at the start because it, it pretty much tells you this is the world that we're in. There's fucking big ghosts, and someone's got to do something about it. And these guys seize the opportunity. You know, it kind of it gets you into the story quickly. Um, yeah, but do you don't you feel like it kind of played off that they were gonna. Because the movie was so rushed, mm-hmm. and it's not an insult by any means, okay? Mm-hmm. But they thought they were going to go a little darker because the opening scene does play a, a little creepier than the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. I would disagree. I think the movie walks a fine line between being quite, I wouldn't say dark, but it can get there in some instances. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I, would, I, would say, I would say it's got like a really good mix of it because you do get the spooky but you get the horror too you know uh spooky and the horror excuse me the comedy is what i meant to say thank you you get the spooky and you get the comedy too like i remember watching this as a kid and the parts that were supposed to be oh there's ghosts you were actually like oh shit it's a ghost you know you kind of you felt that but you could sit and laugh with it too and i think it got a a really nice balance okay well that's fair enough it's balance that's the perfect word i suppose let me ask you this one then uh Peter Venkman, played by Bill Murray. Yep. Mm. I watched it, and don't get me wrong, he's lovable douche. But isn't he kind of a douche in this film? Oh, Big yeah. time. He's such a douche. <laughs> but he does it so well. It's, Bill Murray is perfect for that. Like, if you look at the likes of any, like, Scrooge or Ground, uh, Groundhog Day and things like that, he just plays that character brilliantly. Yeah. That's exactly he, what I was going to say. 
Yeah, he and it's funny because they were looking at Christopher Walken and Val Kilmer and uh, I think yeah, Val Kilmer for Venkman. And I'm so glad that it that it didn't go that way. He is perfect. He is Venkman. I can't imagine Christopher Walken delivering lines yeah. for this movie. Like mm-hmm. he slimed me. Just, <laughs> yeah, he was so engineered and slow. Yeah, he he'd be creepier than the film. I mean, he would. Yeah. He can say, I have to go to the store. I have to go to the store. You know, <laughs> like, I know that's the worst impersonation, by the way, ever. Sorry. Actually, excuse me. It wasn't It wasn't for Venkman. He was for Egon. Pardon me. It was um, John the, Buscemi. What's his surname? He was in the Blues Brothers. What do you mean? With, Jim Belushi. John Belushi. Jim Belushi. Thank you very much. John Belushi. He, he was um, meant to be Venkman. And he died, unfortunately. Yes. Well, mm. I, um, now when you say uh, Walken was supposed to be Egon, that makes more sense. Yeah. Because Egon's the more grounded one mm-hmm. um, of all of them. So his lines would be as, he's not as chaotic as Dan Aykroyd yeah. is. And Murray's no, and I could see Walken delivering the classic, I collect spores, molds, and fungus, and print is dead. <laughs> I actually would love to hear that from him. That's a big Twinkie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, that role I could see, and I think his, how straight he would play that would make it funny. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I, definitely. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I uh, God rest his soul. Uh, Harold Ramis um, played the part beautifully. Um, he did. Obviously, also, he's also one of the creative geniuses behind Ghostbusters, behind the scenes. So, you know, yeah. no disrespect to his. Uh, it's sad. Rumor has it they're going to pay homage to him in the afterlife, in Ghostbusters: The Afterlife, I should say. Okay. Oh, he's he's the kid's dad, if I remember correctly. And is that the way it is? I think I watched the trailer of it, and he might be the kid's dad. I think I saw something about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, been a lot, it's been a while since I watched the trailer, like when it first came out. But that's gone back a while now. Well, there's yeah, a new one. Anything recently there's about a, it. Yeah, there's a new one. I stopped watching because I didn't want to give too much away you know same but i don't know i'm curious if they push the boundaries a bit to get to get harold ramers back in the film somehow um but you could they could do anything these days really can't they they might yeah they yeah. can cg ghost him in that's come back as a ghost yeah really ballsy. that could be doable um but deep fake his voice in there you've got the food works like they can do it now i mean they did oh, that yeah. with uh what was that thing recently they used somebody's voice in a documentary and there, oh it was anthony bourdain uh they deep faked his voice for a uh, narration scene so things he had never said they pieced together using samples of his voice and i wow. don't mean just cut and pasted i mean literally the computer analyzed his voice pattern and they it just spoke it out the way he would have damn it's amazing what they can do that's gotta be a lot of man hours mm-hmm. a lot of man hours and some creepy potential there, but yeah, um, yeah. For uh, creative purposes, if you're actually using it for what it's meant for, means you know there's no need to hire lookalikes and soundalikes. You can just deep fake them in in every way possible and create a whole new movie without this actor, which is weird and fantastic at the same time. I I don't, I'm against it to be fair. I mean, I, I don't mind it being used as an homage, like we just talked about Hell Ramis, maybe having a cameo in the new Ghostbusters. That's different. But when you take 
a personality and breathe new life into it as like a whole feature or something. That's just kind of, I don't know. Kind I would of- agree with the whole feature being too much, but if we're going down the route of, yeah, the homage, like for example, the Carrie Fisher scene in uh, Star Wars, that younger version was oh, horrifying yeah. looking. Okay. Doing it properly of her would have been better than that, I think. Oh, I like that cameo. You talking the one in Rogue One? Uh, was it Rogue One? Yeah, when the spoiler alert, guys. <laughs> <laughs> when you find out, yeah, they take the they go up to the yeah. spaceship at the beginning of Star Wars, whatever that spaceship was, and Carrie Fisher yeah. gets the what do you call it, that little Ben Kenobi message? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, um, or the again spoilers. The Mark Hamill uh, scene in The Mandalorian. I've never seen The Mandalorian. Ooh. I haven't got Shame that far. Oh, sp- way to go, Colin. Spoiler. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Ghostbusters. <laughs> well, I'm cool with talking about, you know, going outside the box about, especially with what they can do with these, what do you call it, deep fakes? Yeah. Um, well, I suppose it's appropriate for bringing people back from the dead, right? That's right. Okay. We're still on topic, technically. Yeah, you know, I thought of. about this when I was watching this. Do you know, someone just knocked their mic. Somebody uh, did. Yeah, I accidentally punched you know my what, boom Noah, you It was pissing me off. Very sloppy in this podcast. Noah. Very disappointed. <laughs> it's been giving me the side eye and I just had to put it in its place. Uh, um, <laughs> how ahead of the game, how big Ghostbusters really, really is. And while obviously, you know, it's a box office hit. People love the fucking song. Which, by the way, is Ray Parker's back. He's singing the... Ghostbusters new theme again. Nice. Um, Hopefully they don't update it. Uh, exactly. Oh, they will. They well, will. They're doing the same thing with uh, Kenny Loggins doing Danger Zone for the new Top Gun. Yeah. So should be. Should I know? I'm looking forward to it. Get my 80s on. <laughs> but um, it won't be 80s if they update it. Well, I know, but it's still got that. It still. I'm, I'm sure they'll play both versions. I'm sure Hopefully. there's only two. But I hope. Anyway, back to what you were thinking. Um, yes. <laughs> So I'm watching Ghostbusters, and there's a scene where um, Dana Barrett, Scotty Weaver's character, is watching TV, and she's met she's met him already, and they, she knows that Venkman's kind of a a goof, a lovable douche, I guess you could say. And she's watching, and she's putting a smile on her face, and they're like, "Who are you going to call, Ghostbusters?" And I it just came to me, I was like, because of this film, and I actually do think it's because of this film and another one called The Blair Witch Project, which happened years later. This is why we have all these ghost hunter TV shows. Hmm. Have you thought about that? You've got a theory. Am I I wrong? That's right. (laughs) Okay. If there's any money to be made for what I just said, I'm trademarking it. Right. That's your newest theory. You could you could be onto something. You could be onto something. But the the were the were ghost hunting way back in the Victorian times. Oh, I know. But they didn't have. You know. They didn't have TVs then, yeah, so no TV shows. You're no, absolutely right, I, Karen. I do think this emphasized, <laughs> you know, the, just even them having the commercial about being ghost hunters brought oh, that. Yeah, so I think that kind of opened this pay, this door for all this, what we're going through now. And then the Blair Witch with the handheld camera kind mm. of put the final, you know, staple. I, I get where you're coming from, but I mean, that's kind of the, um, it's a bit like, you know, funny enough, UFO sightings went drastically up after the invention of the airplane. No, I'm not saying that. that uh, yeah, I know, right? But, but no, it is kind of that same idea. It's the, 
once it became mass market and it put things in the idea of people's heads, it increased. Yeah, but that's my point. That's what, yeah. how big this film... Yeah. I would agree. All right. Um, let's get back to the actual film. <laughs> yeah. All right. I do so far, we've had a Rick Moranis review, a <laughs> deep fake conversation, uh, UFOs, and ghost hunting. <laughs> there you go. I think that's a well-rounded podcast. Yeah, Absolutely. 20 minutes. Let's go. Plenty uh, of thanks content. for coming, everyone. Uh, Rick Moranis, great. Ghost Hunters, <laughs> yeah. Ghostbusters <laughs> itself, though, great. So we also quickly, yes, we got Bill Murray, who plays Bankman, Dana Barrett is Weaver. We got Raymond, who's Aykroyd. Uh, we talked, obviously, Rick Moranis. Uh, don't forget, we got, a, I like Ernie Hudson, who plays Winston. But we also have William Atherton, who plays Walter Peck. He plays the EPA agent. He does. This guy he plays that role perfectly. He's a dick in every movie. That's what I was about to say. This guy is the golden dick of films. <laughs> <laughs> Here, guys, is it true? What? That he has no dick? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one. <laughs> that is the best. Thank you. Uh, rumor has it that was improv. It's perfect hmm. if it was improv. Well, William Atherton, I know William Atherton's reaction was improv. Something like that. What, the lunge? Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I know we do the sort of like the warm up parts to podcasts, but I'm putting that out there now. I would like that to be our little intro piece for this. Oh yeah, I've already got a cut. Oh great. I've I've got, you know, I we did uh, Universal Soldier last week, and I was like, what the fuck? These two, I have no idea what they're even saying. The intro is there's no there's no good lines in this (laughs) in this film at all. But Ghostbusters, I got. Tons, but yeah, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> yeah, that that should that should be it. Just these men are consummate art, you know, con artists, all that, and just that scene. That is what the intro should be. I think. <laughs> Welcome um, to Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it sets the tone for Ghostbusters because people would like if somebody came to you now and went, "Yeah, yeah, I'm a Ghostbuster." You'd be like, "Con artist." Yeah. Like all those ghost hunter shows that Kieran was talking about. Like, stop talking shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and you never see a ghost. No. Never. Oh my God, I heard something over the corner. Yeah. That <laughs> curtain blew. Yeah. You mean your yeah, key? Yeah, it's a draft. <laughs> yeah, that was your producer. You heard. <laughs> In the corner. Uh, all right. He let's... had a big burrito <laughs> before <laughs> filming. Just couldn't hold it. Yep. Taking on the role of Slimer, incidentally. <laughs> yeah. Um, the hotel scene. Let's get to Slimer. Probably the most yeah. beloved, yeah. car- the most beloved creature to come from this franchise. Um, still holds up. I feel I have a good laugh. Um, he slimed me. It's always a fucking great line. I've been slimed, or he slimed me. Um, yep. always a always a classic line. Um, again, most of his Bill Murray stuff was improved. Uh, which was uh, he said they, they, had, they, had, they had a couple different takes, uh, but they went with obviously the classic ones. I do love the scene where they go into the hotel, the beautiful banquet room, and they just destroy yes. it, getting this ghost. Mm-hmm. Like I love this too because it's absolute chaos, and the the guy is outside, the manager, yeah, and he's just panicking, <laughs> freaking out at every crash. Oh, what do you call the fellow that played him? I can't remember his name, but he was fantastic. Oh, the the manager? I, I don't know. That name escapes me. No, I couldn't tell you. But what I will say Brilliant. 
the part that I actually like most in that one is, I mean, they're chucking it around, they're not caring, but the, the part that really sells it is Fankman being like, hold on, hold on, I always wanted to do this, and yes. ripping the cloth off. <laughs> and the flowers are still standing. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, not really, Peter, but, you know, good job. Yeah. Um, it's when uh, they're using their guns for the first time. What do you call them? The eptoplasmas. Oh, the proton packs? Yeah, proton packs. And, they, and they're, they're trying to go out and you know, take, uh, capture a Slimer. And, and then you had Egon going, okay, guys, just to let you know, rule rule, do not cross the streams. Okay? <laughs> what could happen? You're the worst thing ever, blah, blah, And then Vickman goes... Okay, so crossing streams is bad. <laughs> yeah, it would be bad. <laughs> okay, that would be bad. Everyone, uh, which obviously comes back at the end of the film. Uh, yes. But, uh, yeah, it was, it's a pleasant scene. And, again, we talk about going back and just movie holds up. I can't fault this fault this film. I love everything about it. I use the word charm I would be lot. the same. This movie's full of charm. Big um, time. Big time. I think they just nail it. It walks that line of it's funny, it's a little, it, it's it's scary enough for the intended like age group. It is a PG movie, but then you've also got you know the ghost blowjob sequence. <laughs> yes, I don't like whenever I was a kid, I didn't have a clue what the fuck was going on, but like I remember being old enough to know what that stuff was and watching Ghostbusters and going, oh my god, all oh, right, okay. <laughs> See, I I wasn't until I was a teenager whenever I saw the. Like unedited for TV version, I said like, I don't remember this. Um, yeah, I, I, I have was that being right a little bit surprised notes. by it. I have that in my notes. The blowjobs, totally forgot about it. Yeah, Ray's like, having naughty dreams about ghosts. <laughs> but there is that element, like it's, it really plays into that. Well, I mean, it's PG over here. It's PG thirteen in the states, which gives it a bit more leeway, I guess. Um, mm. I suppose now I probably hear it be like a 12, 12 A. Yeah. Yeah. But even so, like, you know, the, the language used in the movie, the scenes that they have, you know, you couldn't put that in a PG now. Them smoking and all so openly. Like, oh, see, yeah. whenever I seen that, again, as it says an adult, I was just like, oh my God, everyone's smoking. And you don't really see that nowadays in movies and stuff. Not, not, not as much. Yeah. But yeah, because again, the anti-smoking movement. But I like that, you know. Yeah. I like the fact that it's not this. You know, you have this uh, sen- everything censored, censored now, and you know. The- well, it's a film of its time. Yeah, exactly. Big time, yeah. The political, uh, yeah, the political correctness isn't there around yet, technically. No. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The, the blowjob. It's, it's what they call the raunchy humor. Um, yes. That you know crosses <laughs> doesn't cross too far. Uh, but crossed as far scene. as Ray's eyes did. I do. <laughs> There's a line in the hotel. Um, it's it's my favorite line of the film. I don't know why. It's just so funny. So they go. Uh, he, um, uh, Raymond goes. I... Raymond goes. I think we need to split up. And all Venkman says is, "Yeah, good idea. That way we can do more damage that way." <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> but that's exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> oh, I love them. Uh, this is a but there's so many just one-liners in that movie, like, and it's the really stupid stuff that people miss. Like right, again, going back to the start of the movie, in the library they're walking along, and Ray's like, "Listen, do you smell something? Like, what is? It? <laughs> How do you go from listen? Do you smell something? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, all the scenes work. 
They really, really do. Um, of course, we got the the classic Stay Puff uh, Marshmallow Man. Yes. Who is uh, a array of different characters that uh, everyone knew, you know, from their past childhood, and they came up with <laughs> Stay Puff Marshmallow no, no. Man. It was just Ray that came up with Marshmallow. Ray, no, I'm talking the about how this thing. I'm talking about how they created. <laughs> oh, I'm right. Sorry, okay, I thought you were like character of the Stay Puff. Watch this movie. Uh, no. Did you say something? Think of something? No. Did you think of something? No. I didn't think of something. <laughs> he just all turned to Ray. I love the one too. Ray. Whenever um, Ray uh, goes there, is are you a god? And Ray's like, uh, no. Winston afterward, and then he'll fall off the building. If anybody asks you if you're a god, <laughs> you tell them you're a god. <laughs> like, yes, you do. You say yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Um. Yeah, then but then you like, also have um, like again going back to the start, you have uh, Peter Venkman, which is uh, Bill Murray's character, saying to Ray, "Go get her, Ray." Harking back to that first ghost that they encountered. Oh, that's right, the, the, the librarian. <laughs> yeah, and he or launches the, uh, at her. The, when Venkman goes, "Hey guys, this is no problem." It's, uh, this guy's in New York. He's a sailor. We get this guy laid. <laughs> we got no yes. problem. Again, going oh. back to the going back to the raunchy humor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Which I mean that that one little line there is why Nula got an image from me way yes. back. I did a design piece for her of Mister Stay Puffed mm-hmm. being like making your sea salty since 1984. Yep, and he looks all angry, stomping about. <laughs> It's brilliant. I still have that. I you think that's in a, up my loft. Uh-huh. I'll hunt that out. We'll put it on the Facebook. <laughs> I will. If I find it, I'll put it on Facebook. No problem. It's brilliant. All but, right. Um, I've got a serious question, though. Oh, here we go. The fight with uh, the Stay Puffed. One, it looked brilliant. Um, just the way they kind of scaled it up uh, and the townspeople running away mm-hmm. um, and him walking toward them. But... Was I the only person that whenever the marshmallow fell that I wished I could jump into the screen and roll about in it? Oh, 100%. And eat it yeah. all? Yeah. yeah. You got, you know, when, when uh, the douchebag gets a big thing of marshmallow poured on him. Yep. I would have been happy. Why was he screaming? I would have been, damn, yeah. You would think that, but it's basically boiling sugar landing on you. He's 100% been burnt to death <laughs> <laughs> i never thought of i just snorted that's funny uh, yeah uh, but that's true though sugar hurts when you get it on you when it's burning mm-hmm. so yeah that one probably wouldn't be so fun uh but no eating roasted marshmallow would be great uh what i will say though as a counter to nulu's point yeah ghostbusters 2 has this exact same problem you have this big imminent disaster about to happen right mm-hmm and ghosts are everywhere, and it's meant to be scary. Yeah. But whenever you see the rest of the city, everyone's completely normal. It's only, like, I mean, there's people even gathered outside the building cheering for the Ghostbusters. It doesn't seem like they're in that much danger. If yeah. Yeah. the city was under attack from ghosts, I would be hiding at home. Well, I don't think they, they felt uh, that they were in danger, considering the rocks that were falling off of Dana's building... We're being stopped by the mere police signs um, that were on the ground, the police cordons <laughs> that were bouncing off of that. So there were very light, light rocks, you know, so people didn't have much to worry about. Yeah, but there's meant to be ghosts everywhere. It's meant to be like the end of days. Is, <laughs> yeah. You know, 
Winston I, alludes to. And I, I can't remember if it's the first one. Or, no, it is the first one. Like, in that meeting, when they're talking about how bad things are, there's there's the guy who's like, the walls in the fifth precinct are bleeding. <laughs> you know, if the walls are bleeding, don't, you know, just... Things yeah, are bad. I, I, yeah. I think what they could have done, and obviously, we things like that might have been in the play, but because of them, it's so rushed. I mean... Uh, I think what would have been cool is if all the ghosts were coming toward them, so they only had uh, they only had moments to kind of figure out how to take out Gozer to remove the ghosts. So we see, yeah. we need mm-hmm. something where there's a time limit here. Yeah, I and, do feel the end is a bit rushed. Well, no, I wouldn't say rushed, but not challenging. Mm. Like, it's not like they have to fight Stay Puffed. They roast him a little bit. And realistically, he just dies because they cross the streams and he explodes. Well, <laughs> remember, the- <laughs> I got to jump in here. Go ahead. So they go, okay, guys, I have an idea. What? Cross the streams. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. You said don't cross the streams is bad. But when they do it and they cross the streams, the face of the Steve Puff Marshmallow Man is fucking hilarious. It is. You see him like, yeah. shocked, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 Who's the best? Uh, yeah, really, really good. Um, I don't know if he's no, but Grace Jones could have been Gozer. I did hear that. that How right. good would that have been? Oh, she's fantastic. I'm all right. Mm-hmm. I don't think who was cast would have, was bad, but yeah, I think Grace don't Jones would have great. brought a slightly different presence to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even the woman that was casted, um, she looks like a like a white Grace Jones in her own right. Yeah, she's 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 oh she did brilliantly. Like not to say she did anything wrong, but just a fan of Grace Jones, man. Okay. I think she would have been brilliant. So she was Gozer. Mm-hmm. That's why whenever the Stay Puffed comes, she uh, disappears. She's telling them to choose to choose their uh, monster, pretty much. Yeah, choose their fate. Uh huh. Choose their fate, and then she becomes it, and they kick her ass. But. She's now. What is she? She's a Sumerian god. Is that, yes, is that correct? Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly. And, uh, yeah, she's uh, the god. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So that's pretty much right. You're right. The ending is pretty. Is pretty. You know. I think it's pretty quick. Even the credits. They're walking out. And everyone's saying, "You know, hey, congratulations!" During the credits, mm. they want to get this film wrapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the fight with Slimer took longer than the end sequence. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? You get that with a lot of films. A lot of films seem to... Usually they don't film movies in sync um, mm. because if they lose an actor of uh, that's a main actor during a film, they'll have the major scenes already done. Mm. Um, again, I don't know how they filmed this one. They probably filmed it in sync because I will say this, the ending was... But that's kind of, that's kind of cliche in Hollywood. You do get that a lot because they need to get it done. So... That could be That's it too, fair. but it had to, it, I was laughing too much to care. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not bad, it, but it just feels a bit. Didn't really have to do much. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's why uh, Ray thought of the least harmful thing that he could think of. So, aren't they lucky that it was only marshmallow? That's true. It was my <laughs> fondest memory as a child. Oh, <laughs> Mostly <dude>. marshmallows. <laughs> Oh, get yeah, Aykroyd. Strictly speaking, they did get to roast a marshmallow, though. Yeah, they got the roast one the size of a fucking building. Worth it. It's a one big-ass s'more. 
let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. That's another good yeah. line. That's another good line. And the uh, movie's packed with them. Yeah. It is. It, it, it is, is very well written. Like I, I'm nitpicking whenever I'm picking at things for this movie. Like I don't really have anything bad to say about Ghostbusters. It's one of those movies. I don't think anyone can really criticize it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I won't. I won't. Um, what we like to see, that could happen. But otherwise, I can't. But we're coming to Ghostbusters too. Um, That's where it all changes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, again, it, it boils down to the writing and the execution of the actors in this one. Uh, the writing is written by three comedians. Um, mm-hmm. the, um, a lot of the actors worked together before, whether it's on Saturday Night Live, and they came off just freshly off Stripes, Meatballs, and other other good corny, uh, um, grouchy comedies. And uh, it just works. It's a blend of everything. It's a kids' film. Mm-hmm. It's a ghost story. It's raunchy. It's got a little bit of everything for everybody. Um, I think, it also uh, then gave us the real Ghostbusters. Oh, the TV show. Yeah, the cartoon. Yeah. Yes, I re- uh, yeah the cartoon. I remember that when I was a kid. Same. Yeah. I think I actually <laughs> so saw good. the cartoon before the movie. Uh, I, think. I think I seen the movie first, and the video game because my uh, the video games my brother used to play them. Can't remember what console. I think it was our Commodore 64 we had it on. I don't remember any of the games from back then, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw... I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw the cartoon first and then the movie and then Ghostbusters 2. I think that's the order that I saw them. I I remember the cartoon when it came out like a couple of years after uh, the success. You'd probably been too old to watch it though, Kieran, because by that point you were probably what age? Like 20 32. Wow. <laughs> Well, guys, I, I think this was a good podcast to end uh, your... Um, You're fired. Yeah, your reign. We don't work for you, Karen. Got two new hosts available. <laughs> yeah, submit your applications uh, at our Facebook site or our Instagram. Uh, <laughs> which I'll probably forget what it is. All right, we're going to wrap this one up. Um, obviously, it's across, hands, uh, across the board. We'll enjoy it. Um, there's nothing really to pick at. It's good fun. There really isn't. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it's committee timing is perfect in this film. Um, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, why am I going that long by saying this? I don't know. Uh, why don't we just leave it with, please join us next week for, unsurprisingly, Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, I'll get yeah. to that. Nula, thanks for joining yes. me. Yes. Thanks for having me. Colin. I know you regret it. But See ya. Yeah, it's good to be here. <laughs> Um, all right guys uh, that's a wrap on this one thanks for joining us uh, again you can follow us always on Citizen Frame on the podcast on Instagram and of course Facebook alright uh, we're done thanks for joining us we'll see you all Bye.